0: Last spring, you chose hard-working seed, but did it work as hard as you did? At NK Seeds, we know that all the time, all the effort comes down to this. All that matters now is yield and how the seed performed on your acre. Because you can't fake performance. And bushels don't lie. Local results coming soon. Visit nkseeds.com harvest. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge.
1: Okay, we're live. We let the screen breathe just for a minute. Make sure it's nice and stable for our great audience out there in Bronco's Country. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, returned from a couple of days off, celebrating America's birthday yesterday, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I don't know about you, but in my neck of the woods, last night, I'm one of those guys, and I'm, you know, I'm not... Uh, I'm not too Scrooge-ish about it. It's not like I go out and, and get aggro for people like uh, two people during uh, the Fourth of July, but I'm one of those guys where after about like nine after about like 10 pm on on the Fourth of July, I don't want to hear fireworks anymore like it 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 irritates me. however, last night dude, I found myself like actually soaking it up enjoying it like really appreciating yeah. this particular Fourth of July and I think it's just because of all the for lack of a better term, drama that's been that's taken place in the year 2020.
2: Yeah, you know, I've heard in my area way more fireworks than I think I did last year. And I rationalized it to myself that people have been cooped up for so long and, and just nothing to do. It was their way of compensating for that. It's let's make as much noise as possible. Let's have fun. Let's use the day to our advantage, considering we've had liberties and things and rights taken away from us, Chad. Even temporarily within the last three months, and I feel like for the for the the, the holidays, celebrating America's birthday, where we all kind of congregate and, and let off fireworks and have fun, I think people did a little extra this year. And I'm with you. I'm kind of Scrooges myself. I, I, it's annoying to hear. It upsets my cat sometimes. Yeah. But but you know, for last night, I understand it. I just don't want to continue July 10th, 15th, 20th. It, it gets <laughs> to a point where there's a limit with the fireworks.
1: Some people, it's like anyone that has kids. You know, they all want to be able to light the firework, like they want to be able to have the lighter. Any any parent out there right now is nodding their head, they know exactly what I'm talking about. But there are actual human beings, grown-ups, that are have that kind of mindset just about fireworks. They just love fire setting yeah. off fireworks and firecrackers. And they just I have a neighbor that just spends a ridiculous amount of money on fireworks. But anyway. More power to them. You know, I I, I think this time around it just kind of changed my perspective on the entire issue just because, like you said, justified or not, I'm not here to make any, um, you know, assertions. But, yeah, there have been points this year where it does feel like the individual liberties of Americans have been under assault in more ways than one, not just from government, but from just – it's just a weird year, and it made me appreciate the Fourth of July, and really what the, what the Declaration of Independence is really all about. End of sermon for me. But, dude, I just, it was a, it was a good night. I hope you had a good night too. Yeah, I wasn't feeling too great yesterday,
2: but it was nice that I think people in general kind of let loose and were celebrating an abnormal day in what's been the new normal of the last three months. So, um, I, like I said, I'm down for the fireworks for on holiday special occasions, but it grates on you when it lasts beyond that. So, hopefully, we can kind of settle down now and go back to normal. Normal, normal. A- absolutely.
1: Hey, uh, really quick, <clears throat> before we dive into the main crux of tonight's pod, I want to grab Terry Randall. I'm pretty sure he's in the stream. I'd be stunned if he's not in the stream. He was—he uh, left a super chat at the end of the Mile High Insiders podcast uh, last night that, unfortunately, it happens time to time. We try to make sure it doesn't, but it does happen from time to time. that got missed. So I want to grab this real quick from Terry, and then we will dive into the main crux of tonight's show. He asked the dudes last night, and uh, we do appreciate, as you know, Terry, we appreciate you, my bro, for the support. He says, with a shorter preseason, does the risk of injury go up from the bubble guys trying to ball out in practice, hashtag Broncos world. That's a really interesting point. I don't necessarily – or question. I don't necessarily see it happen in that way, Zach, but what's your answer for today? I mean, it's no different than just having Lauren Landau
2: be the strength coach, considering that, you know, the not so coincidental lower body injuries in the last couple of years. It, it puts everyone on an even playing surface. And I keep saying this over and over, but it's true. No team has that practice. Every team is in a bubble. Every team is starting from scratch this offseason at once, jumping from nothing in a training camp and then nothing from that into the regular season, maybe with no preseason games. It, it's an injury factor for every team, but I don't think teams are even considering that aspect. So much as the the issue going around right now, I think teams are planning
1: on that more than just normal football injuries for the time being. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it, gang. I want to really quick welcome in those of you who've been hanging out in the stream, waiting for the show to fire off. We got Ernie on Facebook. <clears throat> Excuse me, we got Toy Mafia on YouTube. Robert Douglas, Matthew, Facebook user. Wish I knew your name, but you got to give Streamyard permission on uh, Facebook. Talon, what's cooking? Flipping Booch is in the hizzy. We got Big E, and we got this guy. We should should grab Mark at the very top of this show because it was a little bit of a sensitive issue that happened the other night on the podcast where I think one of our great superstars got his wires crossed with the particular host. Mark Langley jumping in with an extremely generous super. You know we love you, my friend. He says, what's up, my guys? Just let you know that I wouldn't ever make fun of people that have a learning disability. My son, Zach has one, and works every day to better himself. Tell Eric his child is not the only one. My apologies. Hashtag MHH. So, Mark, appreciate the sentiment. Zach and I know what's in your heart in terms of just what we've come to know from you in the streams, and sometimes wires get crossed, tonality can be misinterpreted in a a text and, you know, a super chat like that. So we understand, and uh, anyone who has – I mean, I've got – ADHD especially in my family runs rampant and uh, I have a sibling that it was very much something that he struggled with in terms of my mother had to spend countless hours at countless additional hours when we were children, especially um, in elementary school and early on in junior high, just spending time helping him understand how to retain things because he could read, he could do math, he could do all that stuff, but retaining what stuff for him was just hard. So yeah. I think it's all touched us at one level or another. Zach, we know someone who has perhaps some kind of a learning disability. So we understand. And Mark, I, I think Zach and I know you You intended no offense. It's all good.
2: Yeah, I don't know exactly what happened. I, I'm not aware of what was actually said specifically. But Mark, this is one of those situations where Chad kind of just said, it, it's taken the wrong way through text, you lose tone, you lose context. If you would have spoken those words to Eric with your voice, voice to voice, I think it would have gotten over the right way. And it wouldn't have been such a uh, a heated issue where it wouldn't have turned into what it did. But I think, as Chad said, we know where your heart is. I think Eric knows where your heart is. And all of the listeners in our community knows where your heart is. And you're a good guy. I know you didn't mean anything wrong by that. And I think I think it's, we're all family chat and families yep. fight, families squabble, and families get over it. And as
1: you know, that we're going to continue doing that. All right, man. Oh, wait, here's Mark. One more for Mark, real quick. He says, What's up, my guys? Just to let you know that this will be the last time I'm on MHH and my last donation. No, dude, say it ain't so. You guys are the best. Much love and respect for real. Tell Lance if he wants to talk and have a cold one, I'm here. Hashtag MHH. Hey, dude, look, i um, like, like Zach just said, whatever was said on Friday night, I'm hearing about it secondhand. I w- I didn't listen to Friday night's yeah. episode. I was out and about doing stuff with the fam for the holiday weekend, and whatnot. But maybe uh, Zach and I sure as heck don't want you to leave our community. So maybe shoot us an email. Yeah, shoot us an email. We let's talk we've it out. Chatted on Gmail before, so let's email. You're welcome in our in our community. MHH family loves you. The community loves you. So I don't want you. Not to say you're overreacting, but I don't want you to overreact to having your wires crossed on one individual podcast one night. So stick with us, my dog. It's all good. All right, Zach, let's get into the meat and potatoes of tonight's show. Really quick, though, an update. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. Also, the main account, the mother account, at Mile High Huddle. If you follow those two main accounts, all of our new listeners across all different channels, You're never going to miss a podcast update, a programming update, and you're never going to miss any breaking Broncos news and analysis. (laughs) Also, if you're in a position, check out HuddleUpPod.com, our merch store. Get your swag on. Get yourself one of these football priest hats. There's T-shirts. There's hoodies. There's mugs. There's a little something for everybody. If you're in a position to do that, it's a great way to support what we're doing here at MHH. And if you're not in a position, it's all good. Subscribe, like, and share. Those three simple things. You have no idea how much that can help the channel, help the podcast grow. Subscribe, especially on YouTube. Like this video, no matter where you're listening. And share it out if you really like what Zach and I are doing.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children. Changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children
1: This is pretty funny, Chad. That's what I was laughing at. Dude, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, seriously, like I actually upgraded my Wi-Fi a couple weeks ago, I don't know, a month ago, maybe. And I quadrupled my MBPS, MHB, whatever it is, my data. I Mm. upgraded it by four times. So that was really weird. In fact, hold on just one second. Let me check something. Uh, grab grab a question, grab a soup or something. I'll be right back. I'm just gonna check something so we don't have any future problems. All
2: right, let's uh scroll through here. Let's take uh, Mike Evans. He's jumping in with the 1999 donation. Mike, you're the best super chat superstar. We we'll definitely appreciate you as always, Mike. Just appreciate y'all. What is the chance Philip Lindsay, and Melvin Gordon both get a thousand yards? And listen, I- I'm gonna be a little less on-, on the attack today about Melvin Gordon. You guys know how I feel about it. It always draws controversy and pushback. To answer the question specifically, though, I think you mean a thousand rushing yards. And is that combined or individually? I don't think they do it individually. I don't think both are going to clear a thousand, but I think both will definitely be over a thousand rushing. They should both be over a thousand receiving if Melvin Gordon works out the way Melvin Gordon, you know, Broncos think he's gonna work out and Philip Lindsay takes that next step in his receiving ability. But no doubt about it, they're paying a guy to be the seventh highest paid rusher in the NFL. If he doesn't at least get 800 yards, even in a timeshare, that's a bad signing. Receptions or not, Philip Lindsay or not. So, yeah, I think it's almost a foregone conclusion. They will combine for over 1,000.
1: Chad, I just don't see it individually, getting over 1,000 each. Well, I mean, it would have to be historic. It would literally have to be a, a historic type of campaign. There have only been seven instances in NFL history where a single individual team had 2,000-yard rushers. The Broncos got really close back in 2005 to making that eight teams that have had that with Mike Anderson and Tatum Bell. But it's just – it's a lot easier to – put it this way. It's easier said than done. I think I, I still – I've said it on the podcast. I've said it in videos. I've said it in the written word on milehighhuddle.com. But I will be shocked if anyone other than Philip Lindsay leads this team in rushing this year. I just don't know because, look, if you're John Elway, you've already taken a little heat for signing or and paying a, a running back like Melvin Gordon to be the seventh highest paid, as Zach said, running back when you already had a Pro Bowl back-to-back 1,000-yard rusher on your roster. You're taking a little heat for that already. The team, it's natural in the NFL, they want to justify their investment in the player, and the best way to do that is to strong-arm them reps on the field. Now, yeah. a player as – feisty and fiery as Philip Lindsay is going to make it really hard to just completely sit him down. It's just not going to be possible. Philip Lindsay is going to see the field, and, and I remain adamant that he'll probably be the number one running back in this offense. But Gordon's going to get his more than his fair share, I think, of uh, reps. And so ultimately, Zach, I wouldn't be surprised if Lindsay comes close to 1,000 and Gordon comes in somewhere between like 5, 6, something like that, rushing – but actually does more as a receiver out of the backfield than he does as a, as a ball carrier. But I could be completely missing the mark because I don't think the Broncos have ever had this talented of a duo in the backfield in terms of at the same time as at the same coordinator that actually wants to utilize them both at on the field at the same time, which Shermer talked about doing. So, so much of this is, we don't know yet how it's going to take shape, but I think Philip Lindsay, Could come close. I don't see Gordon coming close, though.
2: It could be 1,700 total rushing yards and over 2,000 yards from scrimmage collectively for them. But there's also a scenario, Chad, kind of like how you laid out, where they cancel each other out where having Melvin Gordon on the field takes away from Philip Lindsay's ability and vice versa. So they're going to work in tandem. They also have to figure how often can the Broncos dedicate themselves to running the football when you have Cortland Sutton, when you use two premium picks on Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, when you use a first round pick on Noah Fant, Pat Shermer will feel pressured in a sense to push the football through the air. So how much can he really devote to the ground? And if that's the case, don't be surprised guys. If they both, Neither of them go over a thousand though I think they'll both be close 900, 800, 800, 750, something like that
1: all right let's uh the main topic of tonight's show I know there's a few other supers that have stacked up we're gonna get to you I promise you know we love you some of your other questions and comments here but first I just wanted to get your thoughts Zach on this Melvin Gordon story that first of all there was a a really interesting article by Albert Breer of the Mothership at Sports Illustrated National, in which he was talking to Trey Wayne's and learned that Trey Wayne's, who just signed a big multi-year extension in in March or not extension, a new contract, had yet to receive his signing bonus. And as I'm reading this article, all of a sudden went ding 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 in the back of my head that tweet meant from just a week and a half, two weeks ago, when Melvin Gordon went at it with Brandon Stokely of 1043 The Fan on Twitter, and we even talked about it like. what what does this mean where he said he was unpaid? Well, what we learned from the Albert Breer piece on SI is that NFL teams, only a fraction of them have allowed their new free agents that they've signed to go to a third party doctor to, to have a physical. Most of them are sticking to their guns in that they want that physical to be done by their own in-house team doctors. And because of the word that she'll go unmentioned when travel restrictions went into place, and you know, especially for that first six to eight weeks, from you know, basically the you know what hit the fan with the word that she'll go unmentioned about the same week that free agency actually started in March, back in March, and that lasted all the way through the initial phases of May. And so, for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like Zach that Gordon has been able to get to the Mile High City in order to have his physical so that the contract, which at this point I know it's signed, you know, anyone who's done like a docu sign on the internet, you know, there are ways to get contracts done and have things signed digitally and things like that. I would, I, I'm sure that that's been done, but in order for it to be a bona fide contract, it's all contingent on that physical. And until that physical happens, the signing bonus, which for Gordon was considerable, it was a $4 million signing bonus, plus a $4 million roster bonus, which he'll get later on. But it's entirely possible, Zach, and likely that Melvin Gordon, who said just two weeks ago that he is unpaid, has yet to receive a red cent from the Broncos on that two-year $16 million contract, which then casts a different perspective, a different uh, kind of take on the fact that we're critical of him, not being in any of the – photos and clips that we've seen of Drew Locke's unofficial practices around Denver area parks. We were a little bit critical of Gordon for not being there, but I don't blame the dude. If I'm not signed yet, I don't have that money in my bank account. I'm not going to be there either. But has anyone gotten paid? I mean, has Drew Locke gotten paid yet for this
2: season? Has Philip Lindsay gotten paid yet for this season? They were out there. They were risking it. Uh, again, it, it's crappy that it happened to Melvin Gordon, but it's a little tone deaf to say and complain about being unpaid when he got $13.5 million guaranteed. He's going to get his money. There's going to be a season he will get paid. It's it's crappy the way it turned out this offseason, but he knew what he was getting into he knew what the risk was in an offseason like this and what he got from the Broncos was a very generous contract. So at a time when millions of people are out of work and can't and struggle for jobs right now and, and going through something so uncharted for him to say and complain about he hasn't gotten paid when he got a 16 point five sixteen million dollar contract. 13.5 year, he's gonna get money. So I can't feel that badly for him. On one hand I, I kind of understand you don't want to jeopardize anything if you don't have to. You don't want to work for free. But his teammates are out there. They're also risking it. They're working for free right now. It just would send a better message to me if he's
1: with his teammates. I mean, those teammates have to worry about NFI injuries as well. Technically, if it's an injury that happens away from the facility or away from the playing field, as sanctioned by the Denver Broncos, it's considered a non-football injury, and it can have ramifications on how you're paid in your contract. So Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Philip Lindsay, Albert O, who's been in recently some of these practices, Jerry Judy. I doubt Jerry Judy's gotten his money yet, right? He as a rookie. He hasn't even signed yet. I know that for a fact. Hello. He's none there. Of the rookies have signed yet, but they've been there. So I understand that criticism of Gordon. For me, though, I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on how I viewed it because you know he's I think he's just being a little bit more cautious as a running back. I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak for him, but at least I understand why. If he's yet to get that money, he's yet to officially have that contract like kick in. All right, I get it, but you're going to be behind the eight ball when it comes time to hit right. the the grass with your cleats on July 28th. Philip Lindsay's chomping at the bit. Philip Lindsay's talking a little bit of not. I wouldn't necessarily call it smack on social media, but he's firing off some passive aggressive tweets. Uh, I call it ready. <laughs> He's ready to battle you in camp, and you're just chilling. I think the last thing I saw from Gordon on social media was being on a yacht or something somewhere. So pressure's on a little bit. You know what? I, I I mean,
2: he's acting like, and this is just a guess on my part. This is just an assumption on my part. But he's acting like he's already the, no doubt about it, number one guy. He's the workhorse. He probably feels like he doesn't have to be there. And that's all well and good. He's not, he doesn't, it's not mandatory. But Chad, all this does is up the expectations and the responsibilities. When he gets into camp, he's going to have to hit the ground running or else he'll face the same criticisms of why weren't you there? Why did you not join your teammates? Did you think you're too good for them? It just opens up a whole other path Pandora's box that he might not be realizing right now. So it's we'll see on July 28th.
1: An extremely wow, generous super chat from one of our superstars from up on the MHH Mount Rushmore. George wow. Vandermark jumping in, the all-time number one Queensryche fan in the world. This I know. Appreciate you, man. This this kind of support, dude, it just seriously sometimes let, leaves us speechless. Stammering stumbling over words, (laughs) means the world to us, George. He says, I can only tune in on Sunday nights live. I've seen how Vaughn is thinking about changing numbers, going from 58 to 40, 58 better than 40. So don't do it. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag Bulls most improved player. Hashtag Zach's Carolina Reaper sauce for the crow he will be eating. (laughs) (laughs) So this this was something that uh, George actually reached out to me privately on social media earlier today. And uh, was talking about how I think he had just his daughter he, he had just bought his daughter a Bulls jersey and it had just come in and he was excited about that and optimistic that Bulls is gonna have a turnaround season and that this is the year for him and that Zach's gonna have to eat crow, of course, saying it, you know, good naturedly. And I said, Yeah, I'm with you on that. I hope that happens. And if it does, we'll both make sure Zach has a little sriracha to go with his crow. You know, it won't be the first <laughs> time either one of us have to eat crow. But anyway, George, we appreciate you, my brother. Yeah. And you know what, George? I'll be
2: happy to eat that crow about Garrett Bowles because it means the Broncos will be winning. If he's playing well, the Broncos' offense will play well. And if the Broncos' offense is playing well, Chad, the Broncos are going to be winning a lot of games. I will be happy to eat that crow and admit I'm wrong. I do every time, whether it's Melvin Gordon, whether it's Jeff Hyreman, whether it's Garrett Bowles. If it's best for the Broncos and I'm wrong, I'll be the first
0: one to admit it. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. (laughs) Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. By
1: the way, Dave, I know you're in Cali. I don't know exactly where in Cali, but I've seen that shot, Zach. I don't know if you have of a helicopter flying across the L.A. Basin last night on Saturday night for the 4th of July and all of the fireworks just flying up across the city. And it was just it was almost overwhelming. It's really cool. Find it on Twitter if you guys haven't seen it. But I just thought to myself, man, Americans are just so sick of being cooped up, especially some of these states where the governors have been a lot more strict with regard to, you know, we talk about civil liberties and having liberties infringed upon. I get it. Like you, there's a certain point where you have to worry about, you know, um, health and spreading of the word that shall go unmentioned and all that. But it can't come at the expense of the individual's rights, or else you don't live in America anymore. That's just the bottom line. So I feel for people that live in those states that are a little bit more aggro when it comes to trying to enforce these social distancing. And California is one of them, Zach. Mm-hmm. And that image of the helicopter cruising across the LA basin at night with all those fireworks popping off, it's something special to behold. You know,
2: if you live on Twitter, it makes it seem like people just hate America and millions of people hate America living here. But you know what the fireworks proved, Chad, and and the demonstrations yesterday proved? People don't hate America. A lot more Americans love America than you read about on Twitter. So as an American, as someone who's proud to be an American, I was happy to see the country unifying, Chad, in a time where we've been so divided and so apart the last three months. So I was happy to
1: see that amen we got zeus mcpeak jumping in from mhh mount rushmore speaking of appreciate you my friend it's zach and i are looking forward to talking to you wednesday night yeah he's going to be on the show third installment of our superstars and we look forward to talking to you then my friend of course we, we got tomorrow night's podcast and then it'll be time for you to make your debut on mhh We'll uh, we'll be in touch, of course, between now and then. We'll get you set up and staged for it, but appreciate you, as always. Let's see what else we got here. Bear with me one second here, gang. Whoop, just did a jump. We got KP down in Florida showing some love. He says, is Melvin becoming an Antonio Brown? Zach, would that be perhaps taking it a little too far, or is KP onto something? Well, he's not farting
2: in his trainer's face, so until he does something <laughs> like that, you really can't be Antonio Brown. He's not throwing rocks at at moving drivers. Antonio Brown. I'm not going to speculate on what's wrong with him, but he has he's a couple fries short of a happy meal, I think. So, I Melvin Gordon. It kind of pisses me off; he's not there. But I would stop way short of labeling him a B part two.
1: Christian, did de, de Jesus, de Jesus, Christian? I don't know if I mispronounced your name, my friend. But just know that if I did, I apologize. Say Christian, five dollars super. They said, "Why aren't the rookie deals getting done? Is it because of you know what? Yes, it is. It's in part due to the fact that trap. You know, teams. The NFLPA is telling players to basically you know prepare for the apocalypse and don't you know they don't want any of these unofficial workouts to be taking place. Doesn't seem like Drew Locke and company are paying that much heed because I know Albert oh almost him. <laughs> bro." Got it. Came into town, um, I want to say, middle of last week. And then Noah Fant, yesterday, last night, published a video on his Instagram that showed him working out, catching passes from Drew Locke. And in the background, chilling there as well, like in those videos, was Albert O. So I'm pretty sure that since that decree came down from the NFLPA doc that, hey, we don't want you guys doing this. No practicing, no interacting until we get to training camp. I don't think Drew Locke and the Broncos, anyway, are paying that much heed. But nevertheless, getting back to Christian's question here, why aren't the deals getting done? It's because I think also, and this was something that was touched on in that Albert Breer piece for SI as well, it's a worthy read. NFL teams aren't quite sure yet what revenues are going to do this year because of fan attendance. They don't quite yet know what to expect. So they're dragging their feet in terms of actually committing the cash for – 2020. But the problem is you're going to have to sign your rookies. Like there's no getting around that. And a CBA exists. Like you have to do it. So in that case, I I don't necessarily think this is the same as Melvin Gordon's deal, not being done or officially. I mean, the deal is done. It's agreed to, it's all signed and all. He just hasn't passed his physical from what we understand. I don't think it's quite the same thing. Once the rookies uh, get to Dove Valley, they're going to report on the 21st camp starts on the 28th. I think in those couple of days before and shortly after they report, you'll see Re- Broncos sign so and so, so and so, Jerry Judy. Da-da-da-da. Yeah,
2: with the rookie weight scale being what it is, teams already know for the most part what they're going to have to allocate to these rookie players. There's going to be you know, some negotiating. There's going to be a little drawn-out process. It all comes back to the issue that shall not be named. It all comes back to that. A lot more deals around the NFL would be done by now if it wasn't for that, but there's so much uncertainty. We don't even know if there's going to be a training camp until recently, Chad. We didn't know about a preseason. We still don't know that, but I don't anticipate any holdouts, any extended problems with that. They will get those deals done. By a couple of weeks to later this month.
1: Let's grab Clay over on Facebook. We don't want to ignore our great Facebook audience. He says, I feel like our defense is meant to stop the past happy Chiefs. Hence, why we have such a high-paid secondary. But do you think our run defense is stout enough to stop guys like Derrick Henry in week one and even someone like Nick Chubb in the playoffs? That's a good question. Let's look at what's changed, um, because last year the Broncos were solid. They weren't a great team against the run, but they were more than solid. What's changed? Well, out goes Derek Wolf, who was a phenomenal run defender. But then again, Broncos didn't have him for the final quarter of the season. In his place is Jerome Casey. Uh, I think it's a fair argument to say that's an upgrade against the pass and against the run. Same linebackers off the ball. You're going to be getting Bradley Chubb back, which is going to be improved against the run, setting the edge. So I think there's, I'm not too worried about the Broncos stopping the run, to be honest with you. I'm, ha- I'm way more worried about the Broncos stopping the pass. You bring up, you know, the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, Zach. I, w- until I see AJ Bouillet playing well in Fangio's scheme, I know they've talked about him as being a great fit, and I think he is a good fit. But until it comes out in the wash, you guys hear us use that phrase quite a bit on this podcast. Until it comes out in the wash, I just not getting my hopes up too much. The same goes for Bryce Callahan. We don't know yet what to fully expect from Michael Ojemudia. Is it gonna be Devontae Bosby? Is Isaac Yadam gonna step up? What about Devontae Harris? Where's Duke Dawson fit? So many questions on the cornerback level that I'm more worried about that as a concern for the defense.
2: I mean, yeah, those are great running backs. You know, guys like uh, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, they're going to get their yards. They're going to get, that's why they get paid too. But the Broncos are a defense that's built much better to stop the run than, like Chad said, play the pass. They have on the defensive line, not just Drill Casey, but of course, Mike Purcell. They have Ajim, who they drafted. They have Covington. They have Draymond Jones. Those are run stuffers. Inside linebacker, you have Todd Davis, who's great against the run. Safety Justin Simmons is a great tackler. A.J. Boye is a good tackler. Uh, Bryce Callahan's a good tackler. I am not worried at all about stopping. Stopping the run on certain running downs. You can stack the box. You can play personnel and who better to stop Derrick Henry than Jarell Casey in week one. I- I'm not worried about a, a matchup like
1: that. We got Frankie showing some love on super chat. Very generous. Thank super you. Frankie. Appreciate you, Frankie. <clears throat> he says, Hey guys, been away for a while. That's true. We haven't seen you in the stream for a minute. He says, we'll probably catch up later as I'm recovering from a day of fishing with the daughters today. Hashtag 71 days. Really appreciate that. That blows our minds, man. When we have listeners in the community who know what time we stream, we stream the same hour every single day, seven days a week. Maybe they have something come up. Maybe they're under the weather, whatever it might be. They jump in, they leave a super chat, and then they don't even wait to hear what we have to say. They're going to listen after the fact because they got things cooking. Like to me, it's just, it blows me away how lucky we are, how great our community is, our MHH audience. We love you guys. Appreciate you, Frankie. And I hope you had a good day with
2: your daughters. I mean, family time. Family is more important than anything else. And uh, we we appreciate having you here. But as long as we had a nice, you know,
1: Independence Day weekend, that's what we like to hear. Stony Neff says, "Hey Zach, I heard on the radio on converting third down conversions on three yards or less, that Philip Lindsay was a 20% conversion, whereas Gordon was 80%. What's your What's your response to that? Which is true. That's That's one knock on Lindsay, aside from his, you know, less than stellar hands. I'll just put it that way. Is the three yards or less. But Zach, you look at 190 pounds, five foot eight. I think yeah. that explains quite a bit there. And what also does is
2: Skangarella running the man inside and not outside. He was never used to his strengths last year. And that's why in 2018, he was a more explosive, game changing player. He was get- getting the ball in space, running to the outside, to the edges. They were using him like Royce Freeman, and they're two different types of running backs. Whereas Melvin Gordon was better coach, he had a better quarterback and a better offense around him. So
0: it's not really apples to apples to me.
1: If you guys see me popping in and out of the screen the last couple of minutes, it's because I'm trying to get my wife's attention. I'm very much a ritual guy. I need my, my stuff at the specific time. I need my Red Bull, dude. It's not here (laughs) and I forgot to grab it and I'm trying to get her attention. But uh, anyway, I agree with you. Like the whole thing about Lindsay and the three yards, there's so many things that explain that. I mean, you really do need to pay attention to the context or think about the context here. It's, First of all, last year the the offensive line they just didn't do as good of a job of blasting open holes as they did in 2018. That's just the bottom line. That's the truth. On top of that, Philip Lindsay is 190 pounds. What's Gordon? Two twenty right. something, just off the top of my head. I mean, it makes a huge difference on moving the needle on short yardage. Lindsay runs. Put it this way. Lindsay is a 190 pound back who tries to run like he's 230 pounds. Like that's his mindset. He loves and thrives running between the tackles, but in short yardage situation where you have the opponent gearing up on the high percentage likelihood that you're going to be running it. So they stack the box. They come in. You need that additional size and power that Lindsay just doesn't have. So that's why, you know, in a, in a, last year for example in those short yardage situations unless you have a little wrinkle that you're going to deploy like a fake inside pitch outside to Lindsay where you can utilize his speed to the edge or something you want to use Royce Freeman if you were yeah. Rich Scangarello last year in those third yard or third short you know third down short yardage goal line you don't want to necessarily vulture Philip Lindsay's potential touchdowns but at least on third down when you got to move the needle you got to move the pile you need a guy that's got a little bit more power, and that's something Melvin Gordon brings to the table unquestionably.
2: Plus, if all these Broncos fans have accepted Melvin Gordon being a true workhorse, why is it surprising that a non-workhorse, quote-unquote, like Philip Lindsay, isn't getting it done on third down? It's not really between the tackles. That's not his game. It's getting the ball in space, a pitch, a toss, a screen, some sort of quick pass, which he can catch. That's what Phillip Lindsay does best. You can't really compare it in certain scenarios. There's so many different factors that go on to play, chat. So together, they'll be third-down killers. So will the Broncos' offense, and that's what I'm going to keep it up.
1: All right, let's see what else we got here. Man, I can't believe we're already at 34 minutes. Like It <laughs> feels like we've been talking for five. Yeah, Buona, I've already got an email drafted for Mark. I'll reach out to him. I'm going to talk to him. We don't want him feeling the way he's feeling right now. It's all good especially you get wires crossed um clay chad i know you're paying with the wi-fi getting a cord from best buy amazon or anything called ethernet basically it's a cord you know what's funny clay thank you my dear my daughter's the best she brought it to me um oddly enough i don't stream with the ethernet cord i'm right i'm within three feet of my router i don't stream with the ethernet cord though because when I was doing it with the Ethernet cord, it was actually when we were having the most little pauses. This was before I upgraded, so I haven't tried it with since I upgraded. Maybe I, I need to, but this is the first time tonight's show early on, Zach, since I have upgraded, that there's been any kind of Internet connectivity issues. And the only thing I can imagine that it is, is maybe my son is downstairs playing mm-hmm. Xbox when he shouldn't be putting a demand on the on the broadband or the bandwidth.
2: It's always going to be out there, Chad. It's always in this day and age, you know, doing live shows like this, the technical aspect. I can attest to that. Have so many times my Internet's been down and at the last second I had to reset my router. So you seem pretty clear, though. So no no lagging, no glitching. Let's keep our fingers crossed.
1: We try to bring you a high quality product, gang, on the regular every once in a while when you're streaming and you're in different physical locations. There's going to be wrinkles we got to overcome. We got Stephen, one of our longtime listeners of the show, a bona fide superstar, jumping in. Really appreciate that. He's Thank rocking the Jerry Judy jersey. Nice. His profile pic. He says, Less than a month till we have football. The rookies report on the 19th. Can't wait to see Judy and KJ Hamler this season after watching Hey Rookie. I finally got around to watching that. It's been a, you know a few weeks back now, but that was fun seeing both those guys and. KJ Hamler's parents in particular his mother the night he was drafted that was just a cool for anyone who watched that his mother man she was just so stoked for her boy getting the call finally in the second round so we're with you on that Stephen it's going to be fun just to know the Broncos are back in the building coaches and players rookies veterans will join them a week later that just that alone is going to be phenomenal.
2: Every time I watch a new Jerry Judy little workout clip or anything pertaining to his his football ability, Chad, I'm just left completely blown away. He is going to be a day one star for the Broncos. And no, like I wrote, not enough to make Cortland Sutton expendable, at least not yet, barring a Hall of Fame type debut. But he is going to be a fun weapon for this passing attack. Drew Locke is going to have a lot, a lot of memories thrown at Jerry Judy. I cannot wait to see him in action.
1: a Beast with an interesting topic here would Natani Muti, the 6th round guard the Broncos drafted this year, be the best goal line fullback? Probably. I mean, that dude is a freaking beast. I can only imagine him actually getting ahead of steam before contacting, making that contact for his block like a fullback starts in the in the three-point stance and then fires off and gets a little bit of a running start before he pops that linebacker. Muti would just be a freaking wrecking ball in that situation, but he has to make the roster first, that can we have Muti be in the backfield
2: have him throw a touchdown against the Chiefs to get back at Dontari Poe <laughs> yeah. doing that? That would be amazing, Chad.
1: Amen. Uh, Mundungus Creevy with one of the most unique names in the community, in our superstar community. Oh. Appreciate you, my brother. He Thanks. says, Njoku, uh, David Njoku trade and cut Hireman amongst other tight ends. It's funny you bring up both those topics because today I published the first article in our Broncos on the Bubble series that we do each and every summer. This year I led with Jeff Hireman who, you know, if you're going to forecast a a quote-unquote surprise cut for the Broncos this summer, he's the top candidate, not so much because it would be a surprise, but because he's a relatively well-paid veteran that could find himself on the outside looking in. Hireman's got an uphill battle. I know he's a veteran. I know he's – a John Elway draft pick. I know John Elway likes him some Jeff Hireman, but they have a log jam at tight end and they just paid Nick Vanette. If they loved Hireman as much as if they really loved Hireman, let me put it this way, they wouldn't assign Nick Vanette because they're basically the same player, to be honest with you, except Hireman has better blocking grades in t- terms of the advanced analytics than Vanette did. As your recent article, Kelberman's Corner sussed out there, Zach, he was not, a player that garnered much um, praise for his contribution, yeah. 2019 at least.
2: I just don't see the Broncos drafting a first-round cor- uh, first quarterback, first-round tight end in 2019, and then trading for a former first-round tight end in 2020. You just don't do that. They have enough in that room right now. Uh, old guys, young guys, veterans, youth. Njoku is a high-risk, high-reward type player. You don't have to give up draft compensation. The Browns want a first-round pick, which is not happening. Plus, his contract as a first rounder, it's not necessarily cheap. I, I just don't see it happening. Cut Hireman, you have Beck, you have Fort, you have Fumigali, maybe even Jake Butkin, surprise. You never know anymore. But you have Noah Fant as a no doubt about tight end one of the future. Nick Vanette is a quote unquote blocking tight end. You're good. Enough weapons on offense. You don't need Njoku. It'd be a luxury move that would not
1: offer as much upside as would potential downside. There's just no room for him. Not only you got Fant. But you've got Albert O, who's actually faster than Noah offense surprisingly. We'll see if that comes out in the wash in terms of with pads on and in real game action and whatnot. But the Broncos are loaded for Barrett at tight end. Yeah, they're gonna by the time they get to the fifty-three man roster cut down, those three or four guys that make the roster are going to be three or four really good tight ends. You don't need to go out and give up compensation to acquire Injoku mm-hmm. plus take on uh, Malcontent. I mean, you got enough yeah. problems as you know, you've 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 exercised those demons already in the past. You got rid of guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Chris Harris, and you know, it's it's time for a new era and new peaceful copacetic energy. Yeah, and he brought aboard Melvin Gordon. That's you can only have one of those in the locker room. I don't even <laughs> joku on top of that. All right, let's grab Christy, the queen of MHH, jumping in, showing some love. And Mark, hopefully you're listening here. She says, "Thanks, guys. Always a good time." Mark, I don't know the situation, but wish you the best. Hope you stick around. We echo Christy. Yeah. We don't we're want family. you to do anything rash, bro. Stick, stick with us. We're all close knit. We're all a family. We're all the community
2: markets. It's trust me, Eric, and no one holds anything against you. And we're all supportive of you, and vice versa.
1: Yeah. All right. Let me see what else we've got here. Forty-one minutes. We got some time. Ooh, here's a good question. James Campbell, who you all got a chance to meet on our last superstar segment. Who has the bigger can of Pringles on their shoulder, Zach? Philip Lindsay or Drew Locke? That's a really interesting question because they both have sizable chips on their shoulder, hmm. but for slightly I mean, I guess at the end of the day it's for the same reason, but at varying degrees. The same reason drew lock didn't get omitted from the scouting combine drew lock. Even though he didn't go in the first round, he did get drafted in a premium round. Right. Whereas Lindsay was basically snubbed across all those uh, platforms, if you will. And then to add angel to insult to injury, after he posts 2000 yard rushing campaigns to open his career, the Broncos give $16 million to another running back. Like Lindsay, if I had to you know, act straight up. Lindsay's chip is probably significantly bigger than, than Locke's, but that's not to take away from Locke who very much, you know, is kind of in that Aaron Rogers mode where he slipped. It was humiliating. He went all the way out, fell completely out of the first round. Didn't even come back to the green room for the second round, stayed in his hotel the next day. I think Locke definitely has some, you know, some, some chip he's, he's out to prove some people wrong, but I don't think it can come close to Lindsay.
2: Locke will always have that internal motivation, Chad. It's, it's just part of him having that it factor. But he also knows he's the franchise quarterback, at least the potential franchise quarterback. His job is safe. And he saw the Broncos make every move with him in mind. Philip Lindsay, they—they they, you can argue they made a lot of moves without Lindsay in mind. They didn't pay him. He's making $750,000 compared to $8 million for Melvin Gordon that people say you can't catch. People are already giving up on him. He was a fan favorite superstar just last year, and Melvin Gordon comes in and he's a uh, chopped liver so I think he has a much bigger hand of Pringles on his shoulder not only because he's trying to prove he belongs in Denver but proves he belongs in the NFL as a true workhorse you wouldn't have seen him post up on Snapchat him saying here look at this little all all see him catching a pass that's because of the addition to Melvin Gordon and that's because of the slight he feels from Denver this offseason
1: all right, let's grab Benji Clay jumping in. A name I don't recognize on the super chat. And as thank you, Benji. Yeah, the hashtag first time super. Really appreciate you, Benji. He says if Melvin hasn't uh, been paid because of a physical, I don't know about you, but I would drive to Japan overnight for a bag like he's got coming. Zach's right; he should be with his teammates anyway. I get what you're saying. I understand both sides of it. If I'm a twenty-four. 25-year-old pro, former first-round pick. I've made a little bit of money, but this is probably the last time I'm going to make the big money. And I know that if I go out and I get hurt on that field, playing in some Denver area park, there's a good chance the Broncos will try and find a loophole to get out from that contract they owe me. And I don't want to risk that. Like, I, I can understand how that could be paralyzing. You just want to wait till that you get that money and then, you know, let the chips fall. How about at least get in Denver, though, Chad?
2: It's been three months yeah. now. At least come to Denver and show your face. You don't want to work out fine, but at least for the optics, for the front-facing you know viewpoint, for his fan base, for the Broncos, for everyone, show your face there. Make it look like you're involved. Just make a little effort. Get to Denver. Nothing is stopping you, Melvin. You should be out there, if not playing with your teammates and being around your new teammates, just to assimilate yourself.
1: We have the... Better half here of Derek Green showing some love on Super Chat. Adina Simon, really appreciate you yeah. Thank jumping you. in, showing some love. It's good to see you. She says, great to see you guys. Oh, no, this is Derek. Me and the wife feel the same about Gordon. We just won't really like him until he's playing and playing well. Till then, we just aren't feeling his energy. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. So, Derek and Adina, really appreciate that. Yeah, I think a lot of fans feel that way. Zach, we have been accused, or at least, well, we have been accused on this podcast. I have been accused on things I've written at milehighhuddle.com that we're trying to gin up conflict between Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. We're not ginning up anything. We're not just pulling things out of the air right in front. We of you. are reporting things that are taking place, and that's the job of the media, you know, is to report that to the fans, to the people at large, to the public, and – also, what we do in the blog realm is we analyze it after the fact. We tell you what happened, and then we tell you what it means. That's what our job is. That's what we do. That's what makes MHH MHH. And in the case of Melvin Gordon, just so far, his kind of, so far his his trajectory as a Bronco, for a lot of fans, has been lackluster. But I'm hopeful that by the time he gets to Denver and actually gets his money and suits up and gets out on the grass and playing, by the time you get to the football season, I think he'll start making plays and fans will show him some love. Kind of like when Jamal Charles was signed. Remember that? What was that? 2017, Zach. I mean, this was a guy Broncos fans hated for a decade, right, in Kansas City. And at first they didn't quite know what to make of him being a Bronco. And, well, in his case, it didn't work out well. He fumbled he just when he kind of appeared to be kind of getting some momentum as a Bronco, he had that terrible fumble against the Chiefs, against his old team, and he just never recovered. But we'll see. Well, hopefully, hopefully Gordon can earn back some love and respect from people like Derek and Adina. <laughs>
2: I've resigned myself to Melvin Gordon being a Bronco, and I wish him the best because if he's good, that makes the Broncos offense better and the Broncos better by default. But I'm never going to like that contract, Chad. Unless he just justifies it by having a 1,200, 13-yard, 10-touchdown season, I'm never going to like the Broncos making him the league's seventh-highest-paid running back when you have Philip Lindsay on the roster. And I'll never back down from that statement either. I mean, a lot of people disagree with my 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 stance on Melvin Gordon. That's fine. I like Philip Lindsay a lot. I acknowledge Melvin Gordon being a good player, but I will never like that contract. And if I'm wrong about it, if he has a huge year, if he makes the Broncos offense better, if he wins games on his own, I'll be the first one to admit I'm wrong. But until that point, I am always going to be perfectly content dying on that hill.
1: There. Perfect timing. Now we're back. I plugged into the... Ho- I am just said screw it. I'm plugging into the router this time. Hopefully it doesn't do like it did in the past and do a little buffering every two minutes... Sorry about that, guys. We're rolling with the punches. I don't know what's going on. I've been told by the missus that all my kids are off of streaming, right, since I mentioned it about 25 minutes ago. So bear with us. We're on the home stretch anyway. Um, all right, let's jump on to David in the house. I see a profile pic like that, and it just makes me proud, yeah. makes me feel humble. Hope everything's going okay with you, David. Hope you feel better to Go unnamed. Hope you're yeah. feeling okay. He says, will the Broncos be allowing fans into camp this year? I would be flabbergasted yeah. if that were to happen. In fact, Zach, we learned, uh, I think it was Friday from Mike Cliss that the Broncos are going to be even extremely paranoid with allowing media in. Only six yeah. are going to be allowed in, six media members. And it's not going to be like it is, has been traditionally, where they're in a room asking questions at the podium after a game. Everything's going to be... Um, continue to be virtual social distancing. They won't be allowed in the locker room, but there are a lot of our colleagues out there in the sports media industry, Zach, who are 100% dependent on access to the team. They're going to be left on the outside here and it's going to be tough on them. They need that access in order to sell whatever they're selling. And that's one small mercy for MHH, the brand that we've built, the community that we've established, we don't need that. We're going to continue to do our thing. The Broncos are great with us. Don't get me wrong, they are very helpful with MHH. But if they're not going to let six, or if they're only going to let six media guys in for camp, Zach, they're not going to let fans in to to even to view on the on the the Berm or the the hill surrounding the Dove Valley practice uh, field, there, UC Health Training Center, and a lot of it too comes down to you know there's this thing about going around about waivers right would you sign a waiver as an nfl fan in order to be able to attend a game well that tells you that teams are a little bit worried about liabilities Zach. they're a little mm-hmm. bit worried about someone coming to a game perhaps contracting the word that shall go unnamed as turning well around and trying to sue the team or sue the league mm-hmm. for getting the word that shall go unnamed and the same applies likely to training camp so for now i think they're just going to eliminate that as a as a possibility
2: Yeah, I mean, if they they don't even know if fans are going to be at games this year, and that's in September, and training camp starts July 28th, there's not going to be anyone but super essential personnel near the field. When they're restricting media to six reporters, in training camp chat, there's upwards of two dozen, three dozen reporters at any given time. Access is a lot easier in training camp than during the season. And if they're not allowing them for that, uh, I wouldn't get your hopes up. If anyone has tickets to see the Broncos this summer in training camp or the preseason, I would maybe look at getting your money back, maybe looking at getting your flight refunded. It's probably not going to happen.
1: I'd be shocked. Yeah, just – yeah. Write it off for now. But just hold on and hope that you're going to be able to have the opportunity to go to a game. Yeah. Training camp, it just isn't going to happen. We got Dave from Georgia. <clears throat> Excuse me, jumping in, showing some love. It's good to see you, Dave. Thank Spend you, dude. A minute. He says, hey, guys, got off early tonight, just wanted to show some love. Very kind, very sweet, my friend. We appreciate you, Dave, from Georgia. We got a lot of listeners in Georgia, Zach, including uh, our friend Mark. So mm-hmm. Mark and Dave, good to see you. Uh, George, back in. Whoa, that's not George. That's Terry. What happened? Just Whoa. I clicked George right as Buana clicked Terry. Click Terry again, Buana. There he is. Hopefully you saw that we got your super chat from Saturday night's pod that got missed at the top of the show. Hopefully you saw that. My brother really appreciate the love up in Canada, proving as always exemplifying the fact that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. And Terry's one of the superstars who has reached out to us that wants to accept an opportunity to come on the show and have a little segment and a little sit down. So we uh, look forward to that here in the very near future, Terry uh, George. Jumping in again. Appreciate you, my brother. Thank you, George. He's got a message for Mark as well. Mark, don't go anywhere. We all love you, bro. Just found out my brother, who lives with us, has the thing we are a lo- not allowed to mention here. Ooh, yikes. Well, that's unfortunate, my friend. Hopefully, uh, get some zinc. Find there are some drugs that they have found actually work. Uh, there was some careful chat reporting initially on a particular drug. Turns out it actually has a positive effect. So I'm sure you don't need us to point you in the right direction, George, for good medical uh, attention. It's good to see you, and we echo, we echo that, Mark. Stick around, dude. Yeah. We don't want you bouncing out. We don't want you. Hope he's listening. we need you here, buddy. You, dude. Can you imagine without the the jokes, the smiles, the I loud laughs? I know. I know. I missed the Garrett Bowles jokes already. All right. Here's Flynn on Facebook. Hey guys, do you think there'll be an actual competition for the number one running back spot or will they just give it to Gordon because of his contract? You can't just give it to Gordon because Philip Lindsay is the man in that locker room. So unless you want to completely lose the locker room, you can't do it. And the Broncos won't be able to do it. Now they can strong arm him reps over a guy like Royce Freeman and anyone else they end up carrying, but you cannot just unseat Philip Lindsay. You're going to have to make Gordon earn it. It's just a matter of once that gets established in in the football season, once the football season rolls around, how much does Gordon eat into to Lindsay's reps and snap count? Because I honestly believe still at this point, I've already said it a couple of times on tonight's show, I just don't think he's going to be able to authoritatively unseat Gordon or uh, Lindsay, excuse me, Gordon unseat Lindsay in training camp. So I, I just don't see that happen. Theoretically, the competition should make
2: both running backs better, but what yeah. happens if Philip Lindsay just totally outperforms Melvin Gordon? How does that sign go down? How does that look for the Broncos when your $750,000 running back is outperforming your $16 million running back, $8 million per year. So it can work against the Broncos as well. The competition should make both better, but Lindsay, like we keep talking about Chad, it's become real. Now it's not our opinions. It's reality. It's right in front of you. Lindsay will do everything everything in his power to, you know, cede that job to Melvin Gordon. If Melvin Gordon wants that RB one job to himself, he's going to have to pry it from
1: Philip Lindsay's cold, dead grip. Remember that clip we watched just the other night. I think it was on Thursday night show said, doesn't matter who they bring in. Doesn't matter who they pay. They got to get through me. And to quote Lindsay, it's very hard to do that. I mean, that's the truth. And I love that. And yeah, Aiden, it does give me a little bit of a lift, right? I, I'm, a, I'm a caffeine guy. You, you got to have something to keep you locked in as a digital content creator. And I'm very much, as I mentioned, I'm a creature of habit. I got to have my little rituals ready to roll in their proper place. Uh, let's grab Jess here who has an unfortunate situation going on. We want to give our support and love and uh, –
0: Thoughts oh, to and
1: hear that. prayers to, to Jess, who says, I'm in the hospital. My fiance received another kidney transplant. I love the Broncos. I love the MHH crew. Thanks, guys. So for Jess, I, I assume by or I'm guessing by your handle that you're in Colorado. I don't know that for sure. But wherever you are, it doesn't matter where you are. We want to send our positive vibes and support your way, yeah. my friend, and our best wishes and prayers for your fiance. So.
2: Positive vibes, my brother. Let us know when you can, how everything's going. Uh, keep, we'll both keep you in our
1: thoughts and prayers. And if you uh, need anything, like Chad and I always uh, offer, please reach out and email us. Absolutely. MileHighHuddle at gmail.com. Anyone in our audience, you're welcome to contact us at any time for any reason. That's how you get in touch with us via email. Greg, hey, dude, better late than never, my man. It's good to see you. We're just happy to have you in the stream. Uh, Jess, Yeah. Our thoughts and prayers are with you, buddy, and your and your missus or your fiance. there. Uh, let's see here. Let's grab Ron Dubb. It's been a minute oh. since we've seen one of our bona fide superstars. Ron Dubb, it's great to have you back. It's not the same without you, dog. So thanks for being with us tonight. Thanks for showing love on Super Chat. He says, hey, guys, long time. I'm so ready to see Judy break cornerback ankles this year. Do you think Locke's footwork will be a concern this year? I saw improvement and don't think it will be much of an issue. Ron, it wasn't perfect, right? There were some, you know, you could, if we went and did a film breakdown, and maybe we can do one of these on YouTube one of these days and just say to heck with it on this particular episode. We're not going to, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to monetize this video. Maybe we'll do a br- film breakdown on Drew Locke and his five-game sample size last year. But it took his footwork, although, Zach, it was far from perfect, it was leaps and bounds better than it was in the preseason. So if he can make improvement over an 11-week exile on his footwork, I'm optimistic that it'll only continue to improve. Some things I think you're not going to be able to completely coach out of him in terms of he's going to be a guy that occasionally throws off his back foot because he trusts that arm, and guys like Mahomes can get away with it because they just have that arm. Locke has that arm too. But he hasn't been able to prove anywhere near as consistently as Mahomes that he can get away with it. So his coaches are going to try and, you know, coach that out of him as they should in terms of, you know, making sure his platform is sound and solid when he drops back and plants and lets loose. So I'm optimistic those Zach.
2: You can argue that footwork and and technique like that is Drew Locke's only flaw. He he really has everything else down, and it's one thing that even Elway called him out for last year. He has to clean up his footwork. But like your point, Chad, what I was thinking is he's gonna live and die by that. As much as he's gonna improve his, his technique and his uh his his footwork in the pocket. He's going to also throw off his back foot. He's going to throw off platform. He's going to change his arm angle. He's that type of quarterback. You're never going to get a perfectly sound, you know, wrapped up in a little box with a bow like Alex Smith. He's never going to be that type of quarterback. He is Brett Favre of Tony Romo. He's a playmaker, even Patrick Mahomes. So as much as he's going to take those steps and make those improvements, he's going to have times where it's gonna lead to interceptions too, but a lot more times to lead to positive plays, touchdowns, third down conversions, it's just the type of quarterback that Drew Locke is. And the Broncos, if they're smart, they're not going to change that
1: too much. Amen. Kenneth always has good questions, good comments, excellent takes on YouTube. He says, if Lindsay doesn't end up extending with the Broncos, what is the perfect fit for him? I think the Ravens would be a perfect fit, especially when they move on from Mark Ingram. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Lindsey would get 2000 I don't know, Kenneth. There's a lot. I mean... Honestly, dude, I could see him crushing it almost anywhere. He's just, he's a special player. Where wouldn't Philip Lindsay be a good fit? It's probably a more right. difficult question to answer, but I really hope it doesn't come down to that, Zach. I mean, he's entering his third year. After this year, he's going to be a restricted free agent in the same year that Gordon will be entering the final year on his contract. So they'll both be hitting free agency the same time, which is during the uh, 2022 offseason. And so, I think the next two years obviously is going to determine which of those two guys end up sticking around. And I, I'm just not going to ever bet against Philip Lindsay. I think you are remiss to bet against Philip Lindsay in any situation, whatever it is. If it involves his performance, Zach, or his work ethic, or whatever, he just is the guy that comes out on top.
2: Put Philip Lindsay on the Patriots. He's a 1,300-yard running back. Put Philip Lindsay on the Eagles. He's a pro bowler, no doubt about it. He can succeed on any team given his skill set. He's not the biggest. He's not the strongest. He has some, you know, blocking deficiencies, quote-unquote catching deficiencies, but he will help out 31 other teams. And if the Broncos don't pay him next offseason, or the offseason after that, some NFL team will. He's going to have a bright future and a long future in the NFL, and I can only hope the Broncos are wise enough to keep him right where
1: he is, James says, "I'm positive the Broncos will use a second round RFA tender on Philip Lindsay. When he becomes more consistent in the pass game, he can get a deal similar to Austin Eckler. If Lindsay gets his receiving chops up to the same level as Eckler, Zach, he should he deserves a, a contract actually richer than the one Eckler got because he's yeah. a better runner, he's a better rusher, he's a better ball carrier."
2: Right. Plus, you know, Eckler set the the market and and the next player always gets above that market value. So, yeah, he he deserves what's on the same level as an Eckler because he brings the same type of skills to the table. But at least the Chargers were smart enough to keep him around no matter what that
1: contract costs for a quote unquote two down
2: running back. All
1: right, guys, we are over the one hour mark. So we have a few other supers stacked up that we are not going to forsake, but we're going to kind of rapid fire through this last Few supers that are waiting. Mundungus jumping back in. Really appreciate you, my Thank friend. You. Do you see the Broncos making physical changes to the stadium to offer better protection for fans against what shall not be named? Yeah, I do think there will be certain things, certain improvements, certain upgrades, little things. I mean, just the fact that the first eight rows are going to be blocked out is one right. Right, change physically. that's going to happen to the stadium, but I think you're going to see, you know, L stands at, Freaking, it's going to be every every five feet. Yeah, Yeah, they're going to be everywhere. So I don't know exactly how that's going to shake out, but even in the locker room, players are going to be one locker removed from each other. So instead of being locker to locker to locker, you're going to have one empty locker in between each and every player, among many other different things then.
2: Plus, you're going to have, when you enter the stadium, in terms of uh, the fans, um, temperature checks, stuff like that. They're going to probably hand out masks, maybe hand sanitizer, like you said, Chad. They're going to do, I think, a lot more for the fans than they would the players, considering how many more players there are in a packed, you know, little space. But the fans, if they do have fans in the stands, and waiver or not, they're going to do everything in their power to avoid a potential contamination or spread. Because that's just, so waiver or not, the PR they do not need in these
1: times. Dave Darlington, Callie Dave jumping in. I wish Gordon was with the crew, but I'll wait till time for camp to have an opinion on him. And I think that's fair. I think that's probably, you know, you can make inferrals and, or inferences, I guess, is actually the right word on what's occurred so far. But just wait before you really get too far out over your skis on any opinion or take on Gordon. Let's wait to see him actually yeah. in action, on the field, doing something. And as always, Dave, we do appreciate the Super. We got Terry reminding everybody, Zach, hit that like button. You guys have no idea how much it helps us. Even Do if it you don't right hit the like and you hit the dislike, that helps us too. Engage <laughs> with this video. It all helps in the algorithm. We're trying to crush the algorithm. Appreciate you, Terry. All right, let's see if we got anything here. We're over the mark here. So I'm going to wrap this up and I'm going to contact my – I think that was the last one. I'm going to contact my internet company and say, what the heck, dudes? Yeah, Geo. I'm a creature of habit too, Chad. I don't drink Red Bull, but I am into NOS as far as energy drinks. I used to be just a uh, straight coffee guy, but I ended up getting into the sugar-free Red Bulls, and now I'm just – I got to have them. All right, guys, that wraps up today's episode of the Huddle Up podcast. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us. We hope that you all had a phenomenal 4th of July weekend. Yes. Our great listeners in the community who aren't in America, hope you had a great weekend. But it was a special fourth, I think, for most of us here in the U.S. of A. And as Buana points out here, hey, everyone, thanks for coming. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. Same time, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. We do love you. And a good reminder there from Buana Beast, guys, keep the conversation going at milehighhuddle.com. We're hanging out there. We're publishing articles like Zach's Kelberman Corner that just came out a couple days ago. Hopefully you guys have checked that out. I'm publishing m- multiple articles every day, Eric Trickle, Nick Kendall. That's where we keep the conversation going, in between pods. So go over there, comment, engage. We want to see you there. And also don't forget to leave a comment on whatever you read. Follow the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, also at Huddle. And do not forget to follow my partner here, Zach Kelberman, at KelbermanNFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. Zach, have a great start to the week, bro. I look forward to talking with you again tomorrow night.
2: Of course, Chad. And I'll say, it like I do every other Sunday. Hopefully, we have some news to talk about. I'll say it every Sunday night, every podcast until July twenty eighth when training
1: camps roll around. Regardless, though, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow night. Everyone else, have a good night. What's this from Biggie? Real quick, Chad. Contact Gear. Tra- contact your internet provider. Have them turn down your wideband. That will speed up your internet. I don't know. I'm a. I'm. It's Xfinity is what I'm on. So I'm gonna have to call them and find out why that. Happened tonight though so anyway appreciate your patience on that gang you know it's bumps in the road every once in a blue moon but we'll uh see you guys tomorrow night mile high salute to our super chat superstars we love you see you monday night for zach i'm chad talk to you then
0: you've been listening to the huddle up podcast join broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going